0: You guys really listened to what Josiah said, let me tell you. When he was talking about rooting for the home team, it kind of just made me want some Cracker Jacks, and I don't even like Cracker Jacks. So, anyways, my name is Pastor Becca. Um, for those of you that don't know me, that's because I spend a lot of time back in our kids' wing because I'm the Go Kids pastor here um, at the Egan campus, and I consider it one of the highest honors to be able to um, work with the leaders in this campus that teach and preach these kids. And um, we know that God will meet a child where they're at and not once they enter middle school or high school or adulthood and they need Jesus now. And so I love what I get to do. But I also love weeks that I get to come and preach to adults. Um, it's amazing. And so, first, I just want to say thank you to Pastor Rob for this honor, for trusting just our entire staff that gets to preach. And when I looked at the names that, of people that are preaching across every service of, in campus, it's just it's humbling to be able to be in that lineup. And so, I'm honored to be up here to speak to you guys today. Um, and today we're continuing our series uh, of Kingdom Culture and. This series is based on the book 10 Qualities That Move You From a Believer to a Disciple. And what I love the most about this series is move is an action word. And that's what our relationship with God is. Honestly, it was never meant to be something where we raise our hand in a service, we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and then we're good and we're done. No, we're always supposed to be moving forward. We're never, we're never finished. And so I just think this summer is amazing, that it's a summer of action, that we're really growing on, we're growing ourselves. And last week when Pastor Rob was talking about loving like Christ, I just wanted to go out and love everybody in this fresh new way. Like, I just was like, I just want to talk to people and smile at them, and I I think they thought it was just a little overwhelming, but it's okay. So this week we're on week three, and it really builds off of last week because you have to have this incredible love of Jesus, and able and to be able to have the heart of a servant, which is what we're speaking about today. Uh, and when I was thinking about like how do I open this, how do I open this message up, like how do I start? Honestly, that was the hardest part for me is how am I going to start? And so. I realized I wanted everyone to understand the importance of a servant's heart. And I know with my kids, I've been a mom for almost 16 years now. And when I talk, until they understand why, they don't hear a thing I say. And they also ask why all the time. So I just thought we would just start with Why? And then because I started with why, I'm just going to, like, answer questions throughout. So then we're going to do what and who. So it's okay, I looked. It's who, what, when, where, why, and sometimes how. So it's what the teachers say. It's okay. So why should we have a heart of a servant? We're going to start in Scripture. Philippians 2, 3 through 8. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. He, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. What we see here is Jesus leaving heaven and coming to earth. And he allowed himself to be a human. Not only that, he was born in a barn, and there's not much more that will humble you than that. He took on the very nature of a servant, and he served us all the way to death on a cross so that we can have everything, he became absolutely nothing. Now, I had a season in my life where I was wrestling with a situation, and, you know, as time passes, the, the details of the situation are not really as important. I was struggling with through some pride and servanthood issues, and I thought I was right, and, um, it's really, it's really the answer that's become timeless, and not the, not the problem, so I'm not gonna go into that but I was driving in my car and God just really clearly spoke to me and he said, Becca, I came with the highest title and greatest authority that anyone could ever have. And I didn't seek it once. I didn't worry about what would happen to me. I set my pride aside and I just served and I loved. And then there was this question that he proposed to me. And could my example be enough for you? And honestly, in that moment, that just wrecked me. But it changed my heart. It changed the way I looked at serving. It changed the way I looked at myself, honestly. And I'm a kid's pastor. So I really do think actually probably is nothing to do with kids faster. I think in I think in images and pictures and so as the Lord was sharing this with me, I was picturing Jesus on a litter and I'm using this word to seem like I'm smart, but I actually had to Google it last night what it is. And what a litter is is actually it's it's that chair that you see royalty sitting on and normally it's surrounded by a sheet or a canopy and then it's built upon a pony of like a platform or poles and then it's picked up and carried by men. And I had this image of Jesus sitting on that chair, which isn't, that's, yep, tracking there, but the incredible part was the people that were picking it up and carrying it were actually the kings and leaders of the day when Jesus walked the earth. See, he had so much authority that they should have been carrying him around. And he didn't seek it, not even once. If Jesus would have taken his rightful place... As exalted above everybody else when he walked this earth? Would all of humanity have been able to see him as approachable, as loving? Would we have been able to um, see his example he set before us as obtainable, to being a servant? Jesus was more concerned about knowing how us Jesus was more concerned about us knowing how loved we were than us knowing how great of a title he had. It is it is his desire to be in relationship with every one of us, that we would live a life free from sin because of the price that he paid on the cross. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you that opportunity at the end of this service today. Dennis, the author of the book that this series is based off of, says this We will serve others with the humility and wisdom only to the extent that we are amazed that Jesus has served us. So before we can go any farther today, just take a moment and let that sink in. Let the fact that Jesus came to this world and allowed himself to be a servant, let it amaze you. And then let me find my spot. (laughs) (laughs) So why should we have the heart of a servant? Let me tell you. Because our God did first. So our next question is what? What does someone with a servant's heart look like? Uh, here's Here's a definition that I found that I deemed appropriate for this message. So, from the Dictionary of Becca um, from the internet. A servant is someone who carries out the will of another. In our case, the other is God. His will must supersede any human desire we have, like power, position, wealth, comfort, control. John 12:26 says this, Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. This verse says a servant follows. You cannot be a servant and serve your own ambitions. Because that's not following, that's leading. That means all of your priorities must run through God. See, here's the thing. God doesn't really compartmentalize, and so for men, we're going to have to get you out of that, putting everything in its nice little box. Ladies, this part's going to be a little bit easier for you guys to grasp. So, there is not a box for your career. There is not a box for school. There is not a box for vacations and your time and your money. See, there is one box, and that box is labeled God's Will for my life. And everything goes in that box. God doesn't want us taking control of everything because if we start deciding what the priorities are in are in our life, we aren't truly serving. In order to have a servant's heart, we first have to serve him. We're talking about serving others as well, but without the guardrails up of God's will and desire for our life. We might miss those incredible moments that he had for us to serve others. When I was a teenager, I came home and I had put my two weeks notice in at my first job. And I did not see how this would be a problem because I was going to get another job. It was going to be fine. But my dad asked me, Becca, did you pray about this? And I, no, no. And honestly, I probably should remember what my dad's amazing parental advice was after I answered, but I can't remember the advice, but I remember the question being posed to me. And it's really been something that's kind of popped up in my head over and over throughout my life, because I think in that moment, I realized God needs to be spoken to about every decision that I make. And... I started to remember this a little bit more when my my oldest son, who thought um, his sophomore year, going into a sophomore year of high school, would be a really good time to take up football, um, was wavering back and forth. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I need you to pray about this. This is a big decision, and I need you to pray about it. And then I just explained that right now, God has a plan for his life, and we just need to make sure that football is a part of that plan. So he prayed about it and football is a part of that plan. So if God is going to bring, (laughs) if God is going to bring Xavier to a football field, then he is going to be leading him there. And in by, by acknowledging Christ and by submitting his plan to the Lord in this, he is now going as a servant of Christ and not in his own will. So if there's successes, it's glory that goes to God. And for his purpose. As he goes, since he prayed about it, he knows that God might have a purpose for him to be in that huddle. There will be people that he is supposed to interact with, and therefore he must interact as a servant of God, not an ambassador of Xavier Ripplinger. So that's one of the reasons that we have to give everything over to the Lord. John 6, 3 says... For I have come down from heaven not to do not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. So when we say that we need to make sure that we're doing the will of God, Jesus did first. He set that example. So if Jesus himself followed the will of another, surely we should as well. Maybe yours is more than a sport. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend your kids, the way you spend your time? Are you submitting your ambitions, your goals, your dreams, and what drives you to God so that his will can take priority in your life today? The heart of a servant follows the will of God. A heart of a servant also values others above themselves. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for a human master. One of the best examples of this is Chick-fil-A workers. Honestly. So this week, I went for purely research-related reasons to Chick-fil-A. Okay? And I ordered my food. I actually went through the drive through but then I went and I sat inside like the crazy people when they do that. But I sat inside because I was like, I went through and I just had such a great experience. So I just wanted to watch other people come through the drive through And so I sat where I could watch them pulling away from the speaker. And do you know, like almost every single one of them had a smile on their face. But here's what they hear when they pull away from the speaker. It would be my pleasure to serve you at the next window. <laughs> well, okay, let me go then. I mean, when I go through the drive through, I actually believe it is their pleasure. And you just can't help but smile. I truly believe that young man at the window wants to give me my Cherry Coke, no ice, and grilled nuggets. And that, here's the deal though, it actually has nothing to do with the Cherry Coke, but everything to do with the fact that I believe in that moment there is nothing more important to him than serving me. Right. Oh, I just want to keep going and going and going. <laughs> <sighs> Side note, I asked Abby Bjorkstrand, sorry, Abby, who works at Chick-fil-A, last night if she could serve and go kids at 11 o'clock today. Um, and she said, I'll ask my parents, I'll get back to you. And so I was still up finishing my message, and so at about midnight she said, yep, I can do it. I'll be there. And I was like, great, thank you. And her response was, My pleasure. <laughs> And I was like, yes! (laughs) Oh. But you know what? It makes me wonder, if we leave this world feeling the way that customers at Chick-fil-A feel after they leave the drive-thru, this is my goal. I want to value people the way Jesus values them. So I made a list of things to start doing. Now, I made this yesterday, so the list will grow, but okay. Hold doors open. Ask strangers about their days. Take someone's cart to the corral for them in the parking lot. Tell a parent they are doing a good job when their kids are less than pleasant in a store. We all know that kid. Take time to thank people more. Do something that's not in my job description just because I want to bless someone. You're welcome. Smile at strangers. Send people encouraging text messages and cards daily. Know people's names. If any of you have a list like this, or now you're going to make a list, send me your best ones, because here's the thing. I think this is something that's so important, that it's something you can never stop doing. And this has to become a daily discipline until it becomes a second nature. A heart of a servant values others above themselves. So our last question is how. A heart of a servant is really more of a lifestyle and an attitude, so now we're going to take it more into the practicality of how do you do the act of serving. One place that you can do it is in your home life, at home. And this is important, because sometimes it gets forgotten. Let's not forget to treat the ones closest to us in our life that we value them above ourselves. Spouses serve each other. When I look at my husband in the evening and say, do you want to go get a stairy Queen? You know, I'm sure what Brian really wants to say is, no, but if you're going, you can get me one. <laughs> but he has never once said that to me. My husband serves me so well that my teenage sons take notice of it. And I'm just saying, parents, in a world where it's really hard to get our kids to even listen to our words, let's make sure our actions are teaching them as well. And on the other side is, I know how dearly loved I am by my husband. So that's also a win. I do want to add in, this wasn't in my notes, but now I just feel like I just really inflated him. I don't think he's ever had to pack a bag for himself when he travels. That's kind of my job. And it's not because he can't, but because I know I do it better, and that's how I can serve him. So I do serve my husband, okay? (laughs) Kids, teens, go out of your way to serve your siblings. They're they're your teammates, and they're the ones that are going to be in your lives forever. Serve them. And here's the double whammy of it. If you're serving your siblings, do you know how many points you're going to get with your parents? I am just saying, okay? I know sir, for some of us, the thought of serving one another is actually a very hard concept, of you don't understand actually what's going on in my home. You don't understand the way they treat me, so why would I, why would I serve them? And let me tell you that I've been praying for you since I wrote that phrase out is that I truly 100, 100% believe that if you take on the heart and nature of a servant for the next 30 days, you will see a change and a shift in your home. Because when you start to love like Christ, the, it'll, it'll impact people more than you can even understand. In his book, Fix It, Pastor Rob breaks down serving into three categories, general, gathered, and gifted. So I'm going to finish up by going over some real practical ways to get yourself serving others. So general, this is out in the community. We're going to read a scripture. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living, immoralist, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I met into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. So this is, I'm just going to be transparent and honest, this is my, this is my, like, okay, Becca, where's your action step? It's right here. I was listening to Pastor Lindsay Freetag start off this weekend, um, as she preached at Apple Valley last night, and one thing she said is, will your community notice when you're gone? And it's kind of funny, since I already talked about Xavier's football, I had made a very... I decided that I was not going to get involved with the, the parents on the football team because I'm already a part of the wrestling parents, and that's enough. But as I was writing this and as I was listening to Pastor Lindsay preach last night, it was this moment of if Xavier's going there to impact a team, you got a job on the bleachers. You don't get to close yourself off. So if that means I have to be on another booster board, <clears throat> I guess I'm going to be. All in the name of loving Jesus. So, none of us are exempt. (laughs) We need to reach a wide range of people because Jesus loves them all. There are some at our campus who have put this into action in their lives. I'm just going to go over these quick. Jill Ganaway leads a team, and they go out in the community, and they feed the homeless and provide basic needs for them. Teresa Stokes has been involved in serving with the Open Door Pantry for a while now, to the point that she's gotten our church involved. And we, every Wednesday, are going into a community and helping serve lunches to kids. So if that's something you are interested in doing, um, grab Teresa. Craig Runquist, Craig Runquist has been a, in the Big Brother program, spending time investing into a life that will forever be changed because he valued a boy. What ideas could you do? Serve your neighbors. Take their trash out if they forget. Or take it out before they can remember. They might think you're creepy, so do it quick and in the dark. Mow their lawn. Shovel when winter comes. It is coming, I'm sorry. In the fall, Eagan Campus is going to be partnering up with an elementary school to to go buddy up with kids, that don't have parents at home that are helping them with their homework. And we're just going to be doing some simple um, packets that are prepared. And if that's something that you'd want to do is go go sit with a kid once a week for a school year, come let me know because we're going to go and we're just going to bless this school. We have Feed My Starving Children right here in our community. And by blessing the the ministries in our community, we get to bless people around the world. Also, in the fall, we have Operation Christmas Trial Boxes and Angel Tree Gifts. Another one is allow the needs of your communities and others to burden your prayer life. Serve people through actively praying for them. And don't be afraid to tell them you're doing it. Follow inspiration. Follow the prompt. When you're out in public... And you see people, follow what the Holy Spirit is laying on your heart. If God's telling you something specifically to do for somebody, I think that will have more of an impact than a lot of other things because that's straight from the Lord himself. Don't be the one that deprives them of that gift. Now here's a big one. Serve day! Woo! Woo! You guys, let's just shake up this city of Egan and show the love of Christ big time. This isn't one of these, okay, try to figure something out and then plan it and go do it. We've done all the work. Actually, Brittany Duth has done all the work. She's in here. She's amazing. And we are so blessed by her. So you guys, sign up for Serve Day. It's it's seriously grabbing a piece of paper, filling your name out, circling what you want to do. And if you're like, I don't care, put me wherever you need. Even better, you don't even have to do that part. You grab a shirt, you go home, you show up on Saturday at 8.30 full of, full of love, ready to be Christ to our community. It's pretty easy. Let's do it. It's going to be fun. Every time we have a serve day, people leave and they're like, we should do this more often. How can we, how can we do this more often? You never feel down about yourself after you've served. So come. I'm going to be here. It's going to be a great time. great time. So the next category is gathered. This is in the church. This is how we serve the church. Ephesians four fifteen through 16. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Who is the head of this body? The church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, he helps the other part grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You guys, the church has many parts and there's room for every single one of you. There is a place for you to serve and you are needed. And we're operating. We need everybody to do their part. Rhonda Schaefer. I don't think she says no to anything or anybody. Everything we ask her, she does. Rhonda will do anything with food. She will clean out the nasty fridge happily, but sometimes she reminds us not to leave stuff in there afterwards. Um, She comes in once a week, and she just helps keep me organized and lets me, like, process out loud to help get keep Go Kids, like, in order. She leads our family registration team and a prayer team. Jenna and Ryan Carlson have been serving here since the day that I started at this campus. Ryan has faithfully served in a preschool room. And if any of you have had kids in that age range in the last four plus years, he has taught them and he has instilled Bible into them and showed them how amazing their God is. And Jenna has grown into an incredible leader in her serving and she leads our nighttime sisterhood. And that's a lot of ladies. I come here and I'm like, wow, that one's being discipled and that one and that one. And so we're blessed by them. Nick Jagir, he comes and he's playing his guitar and singing almost every single week, and he gets here way before even I do. So, like, that's a, I mean, I don't—that's like saying I get here super early. But you guys, if you're having problems getting here by 9:30, be in the band. So, <laughs> in the Ten Qualities book, Dennis says this: I would soon realize this is one of the major differences between a believer and a disciple. I've never met. A disciple of disciple of Jesus who wasn't a servant of the local church. So today I'm going to say this. Don't let this be your stumbling block in the way of becoming a disciple. There are serve cards on your seat or the one next to you. Grab one. Pick an area out. If you don't care where you serve, we can help find the best place. <clears throat> Go kids. It's great. Um, had to do it. No, everywhere has a need. Okay? Everywhere will take you. And we want you and then, and pick one week. And then make it your best week. Okay. Come on and ready to serve. And it is going to be your best week. But don't let this be that thing that stops you. The last, last section is gifted. This is, this is an area that you can use specific gifts and talents to serve the church. There's a time and a place, the gathered section, where the need just... This is just there for everyone to pitch in and say, it might not be my, my gifting, but I'm going to do it. But there's also a place where we need your gifting. Brian Williams, Mike Sinclair, and Tim Asplund, they do maintenance around this building. They have gifts and talents that I cannot even fathom or imagine see we have this app and I can put something in that seems like impossible to me and I put in this project and I come in on Sunday morning and these little blessing elves have been here on Saturday and they've gotten it all done because to them they have they have the ability so it's not as difficult but if I'm trying to do it, it will seem like I'm trying to climb a mountain like without my legs Corinne Skellinger has been decorating our environments and leaving atmospheres for years. And she timeless she gives so much time and serves, and it's a gift that she has, and it's the way she serves our church. I promise all of you probably have a picture on your social media with decor that she has tirelessly prepared on a Saturday morning sitting here, probably alone and just praying over this building. I believe God has equipped this campus with unique gifts and talents and many are waiting to be found and used and you all know what your gifting is and if you're wondering is there a place where we can use it there is and we need it find one of us tell us what it is and we're going to figure out how to make it work now if I would have been given two minutes up here instead of 29 or 30 um I would have just said this. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He had to figure out the most effective way to do so because people's eternities were at stake and still are at stake. He loved his children so much that he didn't want even one to perish. And the most effective way Christ could find to show the great love and price that he was going to pay was through humble serving. To be loved to others so they could be in a position to accept love. Matthew twenty twenty eight says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We just have to be the servants and model his love. He already did the hard part. Maybe you're in this place and don't understand how a king could choose to serve and pay the price for your sins on a cross and the answer is simple he loves you the Bible says the wages of sinners is death but the gift of God is eternal life see there there was a ransom for you and God came to pay it and there's no amount of serving or doing good that you could pay the price tag that was on your head God came, he cleared your tab and he said you're good And now it's a gift that's just sitting here waiting to be received. And just like any gift, you have to receive it. And so I'm going to ask a question. And I'm not going to have anyone bow their heads and close their eyes. I'm going to have you keep your eyes open. Because God already came and he already did the really hard part. He died humbly on a cross in front of everybody. And so we can accept him in front of everybody. So if you're saying, I need that... I need to be in on that. I can't imagine being served. I can't imagine someone paying that price, but I need to be in on that. Then I'm going to have you raise your hand in just a minute. And if you're worried about what the person next to you is going to think, don't worry if they brought you. They've been praying for you this entire time. And even if they didn't bring you, they've been praying you into this moment, your moment. So if you're sitting here and you're saying that I need to get in on that Jesus thing, I want you to raise your hand right now. we're okay with waiting just a minute because this is your moment this is what this message is completely all about is about a life that would be surrendered to Christ well we're going to bow our heads and we're going to say this prayer just so you guys as, as you're serving you know how to lead someone into Christ so pray with me dear Lord Jesus thank you for coming to this earth to die for my sins and save me. Please forgive me. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again. Come into my life and be my Lord. Thank you. Amen. I'm going to have everyone stand to their feet. I'm going to call the prayer teams forward. And I'm going to pray over us as we close out. Lord Jesus, I pray that every heart here today would be one that would turn towards a posture of having a servant's heart. Lord, that whatever it is that we personally need to work on lord i pray that we would hold on to that and put it into action this week and lord i pray that there will be multitudes in this community that will see your love through the faces through the smiles through the actions of the people in this room and lord i pray for giftings that are going to arise and with people serving that you will build this church so that when people come in here everything they could possibly need or imagine will already be provided Lord, we thank you that you care for this this body more than we can even fathom, and you've already made a way. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Have a great day this week serving the Lord.